no principal wants an assistant principal or a new leader in the school that's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you about 60%. You know, all in, man. We need you at the events. We need you giving speeches. We need you in classrooms. We need you doing all those things to make a great impact on the school community. You're listening to Andrew Morata on episode 62 as we discuss how to create ownership on growth, leading beyond our title, and making sure we are giving 100% of our effort. Andrew is a high school principal, leadership professor, podcaster, and author of The Principal, Surviving and Thriving. Make sure you check out the end of the episode. Andrew is providing three of his books to give away. Stay tuned on how to enter and win. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here, Josh. I appreciate you having me on and certainly appreciate the work you're doing with Aspire. I appreciate that. And as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. And today I'd love to hear about your leadership journey and how you became an administrator. I think that the journey has been a lifelong journey. You know, my dad ran his own business. I'm, I'm from Staten Island, New York. I know that's a long way from Frisco, Texas. <laughs> yes. Uh, but my dad, my dad ran his own pharmacy. He was the local community board chairman. Uh, he was involved in the church. And when he passed away, they actually named the food pantry after him. I've been watching him and watching my mom, even since I grew up as a little kid, learning about how to talk to people, how to help people, how to serve people. And so I would say it started watching him be a pharmacist in his pharmacy, helping the community. If people didn't have enough money to pay, he, he you know, don't worry about it. He would give them what they needed, uh, but just providing great service and building relationships with the community. And while I'm certainly not giving away medicine as a high school principal in, in upstate New York now, you know, the care and the customer service aspect of watching my dad run his business as a youngster is with me today. So I would say it started there and then continued through, you know, playing sports in, in high school and college. I, I went to an old boys Catholic high school in Brooklyn and it was very competitive. You know, we've had NBA stars go to that school. Chris Mullen is our probably our most famous alum, mm-hmm. you know, played with Golden State and then most recently just coached St. John's where my parents went in New York. But playing sports, I learned a lot about victory and defeat, working really hard, putting the time in to be successful, working as a team, uh, learning about, you know, being a good teammate, right? In college, I didn't play that much. I sat on the bench. I went to Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a Division three school, and I didn't play all that much, but I still enjoyed my experience and engaged in with my teammates. And, and even though I knew I wasn't going to get in the game, you know, I was there and I was into it. So, I learned those things about maybe having enthusiasm on a cold day in January here in New York when when the school needs it, that kind of stuff. So I would say it started from when I was young and continued on through the different aspects of my life, uh, you know, to where I am today. So I love the part about your dad. So was there another leader that you knew or worked for who you really admired? And if so, what qualities inspired you? Yeah, certainly, again, my parents were were my first uh, leaders. But I had some tremendous coaches along the way, Josh, playing for some legendary guys again at Zaverian. Uh, my college coaches were tremendous uh, uh, leaders for me, um, specifically John Thompson. He's at North Carolina Wesleyan. 
great impact. You know, I learned about uh, excellence is, is a way of life, right? It's a way to strive for excellence. But I would say most recently in, in the past you know, few years, I, I, I've just stepped away from officiating college hoops. And one of my mentors and, and friends that I became with, he was the, the assigner for the ACC, refing in, in the ACC. His name was John Clockerty. John did uh, 12 Final Fours and just provided great leadership uh, in terms of not necessarily the X's and O's of officiating, but how to manage people, how to talk to people, how to manage yourself and carry yourself as a professional. So John Clockerty is someone that I've always admired. And uh, again, he's, he's done great work in the uh, field of officiating, but also in, in teaching men how to be men. So as you moved out of the teacher and coach role and moved into administration, what was one of your biggest misconceptions? That's a good question, Joshua. Um, I don't know if I've ever had any any misconceptions. I, you know, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew you're never going to make people happy. But I didn't really have a lot of mindset about like, hey, what is it going to be like? More like, hey, how can I do a good job? And I learned and I listened. Um, you know, as an administrator, we make mistakes. I guess I would have to say to answer that is the time commitment away from your family. Here in New York, I, you know, I'm out at least two or three nights a week trying to trying to always trying to get home. I live close to where my school is. I'm in the next community. I live on the border of Pennsylvania and New York. So I live in Pennsylvania, but my school's in New York. So it's just the time commitment away was something that it's still difficult today. My kids are 12, 11, and 8. And even as I record this, I'm home. It's, it's at night. My kids are in bed. I was able to have dinner with them. You know, so when I miss a dinner at home, that's, you know, that's one less night I have with my kids while they're little. Mm-hmm. And so you brought up potentially failing in something. So what was maybe one of your largest failures that actually created a large amount of growth? I think it's something that I'm still continuing to grow at, Joshua, is building ownership in your people. I am a loud New Yorker, and sometimes people, you know, they say about loud Italian New Yorkers, if they don't understand what you're saying, we just say it louder. And uh, that's not the best motivational tool. Um, it's, you know, it's building, building ownership, because I don't even use the term buy-in anymore, because I don't want to be a salesman. I want my teachers to have ownership of what they're doing. I want my kids to have ownership of their their learning. And sometimes, you know, for example, a few years ago, uh, my school pushed out, you know, learning targets. I don't know if you use those in your school, but like it wasn't something that we did. And we, we felt it was important that the kids know what the target of the learning is for the next 45 minutes. And, you know, just like there are teachers that, hey, do this. You know, a small percentage will do it, a large percentage, some will do it, some won't. And then there's a small percentage that won't do it no matter what you tell. Um, I am constantly working on having teachers have ownership of what they're doing while trying to motivate them and pushing them forward. Um, For me, it's real easy to step out of my comfort zone, Um, whether it was writing this book, whether it was starting to officiate, whether it was starting my own podcast. I just kind of do it, right? And you deal with the mistakes as you come. And that don't work for everybody, right? Some people need more support, but that's been a challenge for me in terms of getting people to have ownership of growth and, and trying things that they're maybe not so comfortable doing. 
What do you believe is the largest barrier to the success of leaders? I think it's the, 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 the willingness inside. What, like what makes us tick? What makes us want to do these things? Why are you up uh, late at night doing a podcast you know, for your own growth to help others? Why are we doing these things? I think that internal motiva- motivation, that, that, that ticker inside of us that wants to do a good job, right? Does everybody have that? People might go for the certification. I mean, one of the things I started doing this year, and I've never done it before, I started teaching a leadership course for people uh, that are getting their admin certification. There was a couple people in the class that I was like, I don't know if they got the goods. You know, they did well in the class. But what is that internal thing that makes people like the administrator, makes people listen to the administrator, respect the administrator? You know, in, in, in refereeing, we called it the it factor. When you walked on the court to start the game, half the teams, half the audience would look at you and say, wow, that guy is going to do a good job just because you looked at the part. But us as school administrators, you know, why does why do some kids listen to me when I say, hey, you need to, you know, take those earbuds out and other people don't, right? Um, you know, I think it's that internalness, that the it factor uh, that some leaders just don't have. Hey, we're always, we're all working at it, right? We're all trying to get better with it. But there's just something... And again, it goes back to some of those life lessons of me learning about how my dad treated people at the pharmacy, seeing how John Clockerty treated an official when he made a mistake in a big game. Did he suspend the guy? Did he did he publicly reprimand the guy? Or did he try to build him up instead of breaking him down? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. For those who do not hold a leadership position, what are some other ways our aspiring leaders can make an immediate impact? You know, um, Josh, you, you have a, a young family and I do as well, but I'm always trying to read and one of the books I most recently read was Lead Beyond Your Title by Nilly Bartley. Uh, I would recommend her for your podcast. She was terrific. And I'm looking forward to seeing her at the, uh, the National Principals Conference. But she's a teacher. And uh, she wrote a book with the Dave Burgess group, Lead Beyond Your Title. It was fantastic. And I, it was you know, a direct answer to your question. Any, anybody, you don't need the title to be a leader. Was my dad a leader as a pharmacist? You, know, you wouldn't think of pharmacist and leader but I saw those characteristics in them. She had a lot of great points in the book about being confident in yourself, stepping outside your comfort zone, not being able to, not being afraid to try new things. All of a sudden you try something different and it's working in your school and now you're the master of it. Are you a leader? You're right you are. So I would say definitely that book uh, had some great points to it. But even my kids, right? 12, 11, and uh, eight years old. I mean, I look at my eight-year-old as a leader. Today, uh, here in the Northeast Pennsylvania, it started pouring. And one of the things we like to do when it pours, do we go on the front porch? Well, who was the first one to say, you know what? Hey, let's go dance in the rain. It wasn't It wasn't dad, I'll tell you that. It was the eight-year-old. So there's some leadership characteristics in that decision right there. So in your organization at your high school, what are some ways that you grow future leaders? I think that's an everyday thing uh, that we need to do, Joshua, Uh, whether it's a young teacher, whether it's a student. I constantly am talking to students about leadership, uh, whether they're a captain of a team, whether they're the star in the play, or whether they're the quiet kid sitting at the cafeteria table, because they can all be leaders, right? And one of those leaders might stop a kid from killing themselves. 
or might stop a kid from using drugs because they say, hey, you know, or they'll tell a kid to knock it off. What, what's the best prevention of, of bullying? Is it a, an adult yelling at a kid or is it another kid saying, hey, knock that off. Stop, you know, stop talking to Josh in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm constantly talking to the kids about leadership and I, I try to model it for them. Right. I try to model that behavior. Uh, but then there are certainly teachers as well that I say you should think about getting your admin degree. Uh, we've hosted probably a dozen interns. And when I get an intern, I am throwing them in the pool. I'm not asking them to put their foot in. I'm not saying, hey, you need to jump in the pool. I am throwing them in the pool and putting them in real live situations because that's how we learn. Right. That's how we learn. So I think that's uh, part of our job as a principal is to find those leaders, identify those leaders. I gave a book to a kid this year, Life in the Front Row. The gentleman, his name is escaping me right now, but he's written a book and he's got a whole thing about dad's life in the front row. This kid is, he's a dynamite kid. So one of the things I did, I don't know if you do this, Josh, as a school leader, I spent the day with this kid Mm -hmm. and seven out of the eight classes, he sat in the front row. And I said, man, that's, you know, why do you do that? He said, well, Mr. Morata, you're getting more up front. You're you're getting everything up front, you know? And uh, he says, I want to get everything I can. I was like, wow, like 17, 18 year old kid to say that. (laughs) So I got that book for him, uh, you know, Life in the Front Row of uh, College Bound. It was great. But to get back to your question, that's something I think we need to do all the time. And that's something why I do my podcast as well, Mm -hmm. right? You want to inspire people. You want to bring people to leadership. So I think that's an all day, every day thing. I love that piece about trying to build leadership within our student groups and are having an impact on that student's life by following him throughout the day. So what are some other ways that you increase student voice on your campus? You know, you mentioned about, you know, maybe a failure or something. That is something I got to do a better job of, you know, us as the decisions, right? We, we want to fix things. We want to get it right. We want to get it better. The kids, they got the answers. You ask a kid, hey, what makes a great teacher? They're going to they're tell you. What engages you in learning? They're going to tell you. I need to do a better job of that. One of the things we've started doing is inviting kids to interviews. When we're interviewing people, inviting them in committees where we're making decisions, uh, bringing them in, whether it's uh, to have a program in the school and or different speakers, but bringing kids in, certainly for us to hear their voice, but it also gets the adults back on track sometimes. Sometimes adults, I think they lose track of where they are, right? Like, easy like calm yourself remember where you are remember what we're supposed to be doing here and when you have kids in the room that wakes them up a little easier so not only to get the kids voice in but also to i don't want to say have the adults behave better but have to, you know, keep the adults on track of what what what's our big purpose here in, in the first place but that is something i'm going to do a better job of, of next year is getting those kids in really all of the decisions that we're doing in the school because it's, it's for them right yeah for sure and I know that's a, yeah. a tough aspect, especially when we get in the busyness of, the, of our jobs. Absolutely. So what is one initiative you've implemented on your campus that you're extremely proud of? Yeah, I've been in my school 15 years, Josh, you know, and there's things certainly that you, you're doing that you're happy with. I would say the first thing was to, to get rid of smoking. We started a big campaign years ago, uh, proud to be smoke free. You know, not no smoking or don't smoke, but proud to be smoke free. Mm-hmm. I tell a few stories, uh, you know, in the in the book here about all the failures and all the problems that we had. But we really re-eliminated smoking, you know, and now here in 2019, 
what has crept back in the world of education with kids, right? You know, vaping. Vaping, yeah. Uh, so we're going back to the drawing board to, to you know, have a different campaign and, again, get the kids involved. But really the other thing that I felt that I've made an impact on my school, there's another book out there, Make the Big Time Where You Are. And Port Jervis, we're in the western part of Orange County, New York. So if you're looking at New York City, we're about an hour and a half northwest of New York City. It's an old railroad town. It's an old factory town. And there wasn't a lot of focus on education back in the day. There were kids that graduated school and there were kids that weren't. And that's just the way it was, right? But it's our job to get those kids to graduate. It's our job to get them to realize that this is important. You need your high school diploma out there. But there's still a a big portion of the community that doesn't value education. So we have uh, an initiative, you know, Project 90. And and we want 90% or higher of our community graduating. I mentioned earlier about our graduation rate. And, you know, we've gotten up to 86. We've got 87. This year it's at 83.2. And that's like, oof. So i got to get back to it for September and get going. But making the community, making everyone realize, like, this is important. It's important for you. It's important for your kids. Uh, so that's that's something, right? You you want to you want to make an initiative. You want to make it public. You want to make it loud. You want everyone to know that this is what we're trying to do, and we need everyone's help. Project ninety. So I put it on my email. I put it on our letterhead. I got it going. We're going into our second year of Project ninety. We're identifying kids. You know, mm-hmm. uh, no one wants to be labeled, right? But we got Project ninety kids. If you're behind in credits, if you have more than 10 absences in school, if you're getting more than 10 discipline referrals, you're a Project 90 kid and you're coming in and I'm meeting with you. And we're, you know, each person, uh, each one of our administrators has a grade level. We're in charge of that grade level and we're we're running that Project 90. So we're eating, sleeping and drinking Project 90 because it's important for our community to get there. The book that you've written is called The Principles Surviving and Thriving. And there's 125 points, and I had the opportunity to read the book. Absolutely loved it. It covered way more topics than I anticipated, but it is like a 125 things that all principals need to know. So will you just give our audience a quick synopsis of the book? Quick synopsis. You know, Josh, they don't call me a lot of Marotta for nothing. You know, know, uh, and I appreciate you mentioning the book and I was happy to share it with you. And it's really been a, you mentioned about my leadership journey. This has been terrific for me to write. Um, You know, so I went and spoke to a college class. Uh, Dr. Rob Gilbert is the college professor at Montclair State University. And I went and spoke to his class and he said, Andrew, you did a fantastic job. He handed me 10 books and three of them were his. And he said, well, where's your book? I said, doc, I can't write a book. I'm a college referee. I'm a high school principal. I got three little kids. Like I can't even go to the bathroom. And he said, Andrew, you need to write a book. You're an expert in your field. I said, I don't have the time. He said, tomorrow at work, write down everything you do as a principal because you're a great principal. Write down everything you do. Well, I'm impulsive. I don't have much patience. You know, on the way home, I did talk to text. I had 60 things. The next day at school, I had 40 more. So in less than 24 hours, I had 100 of these 125 things. And they're just things I've made mistakes with. They're things I've been successful with. Uh, Things I've learned from people like yourself and, and the many guests you've had on your program. Like I wear sneakers to school. I wear black New Balance. Why? Because I'm on the move. I need to be comfortable. I, I need my feet to feel good. I, you know. I put lemon in my water every day. Why? Well, I'm getting that vitamin C. It gets me going. Mm-hmm. 
Those are just a couple of the little things. I have my, my rocket book here with me. I, in the book, I write that, you know, you always have to have a pen and paper on you. Well, now I'm, I'm, I have a rocket book with me because I, I can put those notes right into my Google Drive and it keeps me organized. You know, so those are some little things in there. But really the big things in there, they're the first and the last tip. And the first one is treat every kid as if they're your kid. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you got a tribe there, Joshua. You got five, right? Yep. Well, you also have all those kids in your school. And you want your children to be treated with respect, with love, to be engaged, to be challenged. And if you treat all your students like that, you can't go wrong, right? And that's sometimes people will lose track of that. Uh, And the last tip, successful or significant? And significant is really where we want to be. We want to do a great job to have a significant impact on the lives of our teachers, our students, and our community. So... And there's a lot in between in there. You know, oh, we can go on and on about that. Yeah, the part that I struggled with was the seven C's with the cookies and the chips and some of those other goodies <laughs> that are in the office. I was just happy that coffee was not on that list. It was that's not right. one of the C's. <laughs> that's, that's right. We, we keep that one going in there. But we're, we're halfway through the seven C's. Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're halfway through. Yep. You talked about it earlier, too, is, is your podcast. Uh, it's a leadership podcast, and I just want our listeners to get a chance to understand what you're also doing because I know that is a passion of yours, too. Yeah, and again, it's great to connect with someone like yourself that's running your podcast. And we met on social media, and, and I admired your work, and we connected. And, you know, the podcasting is really cool. Uh, mine is called Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And it is, right? You're meeting people outside the field of education and I get to learn. It's like my own little professional development that I get to share out with other people. And you and I are sharing tonight and uh, we'll share this out to some people. And I love it. I've I've had a chance to learn and again, make connections. I hope to come out to Frisco, Texas and hope to have you come to my school. And I mean, we're sharing, we're learning. It's great. And you know what? You got to prepare, right? You you do a lot of editing with your show and all that kind of stuff. I do mine live, but you got to get the questions ready and it's work, but it's you're bettering yourself while sharing it with others. And I've had a chance to meet some great people uh, out there. And, and like you and I talked off air, there's so many people that are willing to help. It's important that as education leaders, we go for the help. We take the help and, and we're going to learn and we're going to be better tomorrow. You know, hopefully tomorrow, someone who listens to this podcast is going to be better and maybe try some of the things that we talked about today. So uh, I'm enjoying the journey, too. I am. uh, Yeah, we're approaching a year and a half. So we're in similar ballpark. But it's cool. It's a fun journey. So for those starting their leadership journey, what advice do you have for them? Keep rolling. You just got to keep rolling. You got to learn. You have to get a mentor. And again, as we talked about in terms of reaching out for these guests, you reach out to people, ask for help. Be a person that says to others, how can I help versus what do you want, right? Whether you're a teacher leader and you know the principals are always looking for somebody to delegate something to. Be someone to say, hey, how can I help you? What can I do versus what do you want? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Again, I mentioned a few of the things that I'm doing now teaching this course. I never taught a college course before. Uh, I never did a podcast before. I never wrote a book before. But you just do these things, and now all of a sudden, I'm an author, and I'm a professor, and because I did them, right? So you can't be afraid to just do things. It drives me crazy when I, you know, people are, oh, I need training. I need this. I need, Just do it. Just do it. One of the books uh, that I listen to, I listen to a lot of books also, uh, Shoe Dog. I don't know what kind of shoes you like, uh, Josh, 
if you're a Nike guy. I'm but, a Puma guy. Uh, you're a Puma guy. Yeah, oh yeah. I got all different okay. colors. <laughs> well, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight was an awesome book. And again, how did this guy create this billion-dollar shoe company? A lot of mistakes, man. A lot of mistakes. But if you just keep rolling, if you don't quit, you can't fail. You're going to make mistakes. You just got to keep rolling. And even if you're interviewing, right, you can't get a job, you just you got to keep going. I moved up to this area. Again, I mentioned I grew up in New York City. I wrote over 100 letters until I got a response because I was moving here. I wasn't in the area. And then, boom, I got lucky and landed in Port Jervis. And off I'm going. So uh, those are just a couple of things for, for new administrators. I have a brand new one at my school uh, that I'm working with. He's a young guy. He's all in. That's another thing I would say. No principal wants an assistant principal or a new leader in the school that's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you about 60%, 65%. You know, all in, man. We need you at the events. We need you giving speeches. We need you in classrooms. We need you doing all those things to make a great impact on the school community. In addition to your admin position, you've kind of spoke on it that obviously you're a professor, you have written a book, you're a podcaster. How did you find your voice beyond your district? That's a cool question, Josh. I mean, that's, that's cool. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a loud Italian New Yorker. I, it didn't take me to look for my voice. I was the last kid in my family. If I didn't speak up, I wouldn't have ate, you know. So I was always born talking. And I think outside the building, I don't know if I was there five or six years, right, where I just felt something that I needed to do more. I don't know what it was. Again, I mentioned about that internal ticker. Mm-hmm. I just kind of I started to, to kind of go out and, and all of these avenues that have gave me that voice. But the fact now, right, I just turning uh, I'm going to turn 44 here in, in August. Right. We're we're at the midway point. You know, we're, we're, we're in that, that area. Right. Like we're turning around now and starting to say, well, I can be a mentor for someone. I can help someone else. And in the world we're living in with social media, to be able to do a podcast or do a Twitter post where you can put something out there and affect so many people, mm-hmm. like that's powerful. So I'm into it. I got a passion for it. But that voice, you know, it's not for everyone. A lot of Marada. I get it. Sometimes I got to back it up. My wife keeps me in check with that. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's our I think it's our, our calling to help others. I don't want to go religious on your podcast here, but. I grew up an Italian Catholic and, and God put me on earth to, to help others and serve others. And mm-hmm. I have a great opportunity to do that in, in the roles that I have as a father, a husband and the school leader. So how can our listeners connect with you on social media? Yeah, Josh, I'm at Andrew Murata 21 is my uh, my Twitter. And I, you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my podcast is live on Facebook and then LinkedIn and uh, Instagram I'm, I've been using too. But I'm really focused on Twitter and I love my PLN. I'd love for people to, uh, you know, contact me if I could help anybody on there, share. Uh, I know we want to do a couple book give- giveaways also. I'd be happy to uh, donate some books for that, Josh. But I think I believe in the power of, of Twitter, right? I heard the great quote by Jay Billy. Uh, my friend from New Jersey, he said, Twitter won't change your life, but the people you meet on it will. All right. So let's talk about the book giveaway. This week, you have two ways to enter. To enter, go to joshstamper.com and sign up for the Aspire newsletter. We will be choosing our winner from those who sign up on the list, 
or you can go to iTunes and provide a rating review on that application. If you do both, you have doubled the chance to win. And if you have done both in the past, you are automatically entered into this contest. Andrew has been so gracious to provide three books to win, and one of the books is an autographed copy. We will be choosing our winner on Friday, July 26th at 7 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you go to joshstamper.com to sign up. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast. And if you've gotten any value from the show at all, please subscribe and leave a rating review wherever you're listening. Don't forget to use the Aspire Lead hashtag as you continue the conversation on social media. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the program. Josh, I appreciate you having me and uh, continue the great work and uh, stay cool down there in Frisco, Texas. <laughs>